Welcome to the Elevated Podcast, based on the best-selling books, Elevated and Excavated. I am your co-author and co-host, Virgil Herring, and joining me as always, great friend, co-author, co-host, Drew Maddox. Drew, how are we doing today, buddy? Doing great, Virgil. I hope you are having a great week. I am doing wonderful. It's nice to see a little sunshine. It's it almost sunshine. is that season. Postseason NCAA basketball is in, in the air. The Masters is around the corner yep. for you. It is a I fun think it's time, the best of year. time of year. The best nine weeks in sports yeah. is Super Bowl, NCAA tournament, Masters. Yeah, yeah you, that's a great I mean, run right there. The trifecta. And now, speaking of that, did CBS have the Super Bowl this last I year? I think it was this past year. They didn't have the, the Jim. I, I was setting yeah. up, you know, Jim Nance and and him being able to call all three of those events in a nine-week span. I mean, is that not He's incredible? Done it nine times. He's done is that it right? Nine oh times. wow. That's amazing. What a nice run. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, That's pretty, pretty uh, dream-like, fairy tale to, uh, to know how much he puts into his craft displays a level of prowess that yeah. we're getting ready to talk about. Absolutely. When you, when you think of the word prowess, Drew, it's a powerful word. It's not something that not one of those words that we have in our book that you don't hear that often, but when you hear it, yeah. it's, got something, it's got some substance to it. What's yeah, it does. You? Yeah, it means you're a master. I mean, you're, you, you have developed a level of mastery. Uh, you are uh, expert level, a genius, brilliant. Um, if, if you're able to operate with that word associated with who you are, uh, you have, um, you know, you've, you've gotten to a level that is the best yeah. of the best. Um, it's, it's not only in the results and the achievement and the accomplishment side, but as I wrote about in the book, you can replace the W for the C and you are, as it always comes back to you and I, a master of the process of what it takes for, at a habit level, at a characteristic level, at a foundational level of being great, even in the most of basic things. You, you are excellent. You're sold out to excellence. You're addicted to excellence in everything that you do. And uh, and that is a hard word for me to yeah. say. I told you off air. Like I be, I even have a hard time letting it come out of my mouth. But when you do hear it, whether it's associated with a team, an individual, a coach, a, an artist, you know that there's a level of brilliance that is not. Yeah, normal. one of the things I've always found about trying to place words and or descriptors of people that I see that have prowess is that they seem to have a level of passion in what they do that coincides with a level of simplicity that they see it from. Hmm. You know, when I, when I think of prowess, I'm thinking of the greatest of the great, you know, and sometimes I sense that they have always been driven to be the greatest of the great. And other times I sense that maybe they, they were just loved the game and they got to be way better than they ever anticipated, and they embraced that greatness. Yeah. But one of the things that never ceases to amaze me, when you get the best at whatever to sit down and talk to you in a moment, they have a way of taking something that looks radically complex, mm. and it just seems so simple to them, almost as if it's just part of their DNA. Okay, they were just pre-wired for it. Now, I think there's a level of predisposition, pre- predetermination that happens in people's lives. There are just some things that people are naturally good at that are hard to explain. But literally for every 10 people that have that gift, 
Yeah. Nine of them take it for granted or are only willing to do what it takes to just kind of maintain what they have. And then there's yeah. that one person who ends up going to the heights of fame and glory and everything that goes along with being the very best of the very best. Yeah. And it's just amazing how simple. Uh, I've listened to so many boxing interviews with Mike Tyson. And literally, if you would have told me that the Mike Tyson, age 24, would be the person that I'd be listening to for insight, it's really hard to believe that I would have ever said that. But he, especially when he was in prison, now he's always studied boxing, but he became a very contemplative thinker in his time that he spent in prison. And he has a very eloquent way of discussing boxing. Obviously, when you listen to Tiger Woods talk about golf, you just feel like you're dealing with a savant. Michael Jordan, like listening to Mark Price talk about shooting. There's a name that not many people would remember. Wow. Great, call. great shooter. One of the original, I guess, with the OG three-point three shooters in the, in the Bird era and the Reggie. It was the, like probably Bird's prime. And then Mark Price and Reggie Miller were kind of like the people on Bird's you know, cape, so to speak, <laughs> shooting that three. But, like, listening to him, I remember when he, he played at Georgia Tech, and he was a great college. And this is like when I studied college basketball, like upside down and sideways. And then just listen to him then as a senior, talking about, you know, all of the things that he that goes into his shooting, how he simplified it down into two or three things. And I'm like – and I was – I love basketball. And I'm like, man, how did you get it down to, like, yeah. that, that simple – and then yeah. it just makes your practice routine, the process of what you're doing, it's so clear and so precise that there's no wasted energy, no wasted time. Yeah. And to me, that's what probably separates people of prowess is that they are efficient with their time. There's no wasted moments. And anything that they add to their quiver adds to their process. They, the, if they need to extend the process 20 more minutes to make sure they get everything yeah. in that's imperative for them to be great. They do whatever it takes. And I think that that is, that probably is the, the true definition of prowess is that that person will do whatever it takes to get the job done following his process to whatever it takes to be great today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you touched on so many things there, but I, I was, I was thinking about like people that demonstrate, um, what prowess is, you know, they, they, we, we talk about them because of the levels they have ascended to, um, where, where they find themselves in terms of a destination of achievement. Um, but they really train as if it's their first day. You know, they're, they're, I love that you tied the word passion to it. Like there's a love in the work. Like they love the work as well. I was thinking about this other night. So, um, Clay Thompson, you know, is now back with Golden mm-hmm. State Warriors, and he's had a long road back. You know, he tore his ACL, and then he tore his Achilles. And either one of those injuries probably could have taken out both of those injuries. Probably you you never play com- competitive basketball again. And, you know, he's probably, if he wasn't on Steph Curry's team, 
it's probably hurt his legacy a little bit just because of he's in the shadow of Steph Curry, not taking anything away from Clay, but if he was on another team, because I'm sure he would say, hey, being a splash brother and the, the championships and the things that we've done together far outweigh anything that I could have mm-hmm. done on my own. But I was thinking about the level of mastery, and, and he's on a run right now. Steph Curry's been out now. Steph Curry's come back from his injury, but he's on a run right now that's just insanely amazing. And I was thinking about um, how, how focused every single day uh, he had to be on the work to get back. Can you imagine the pain, um, the, the frustration, uh, the negative thoughts? I'll never return to those levels again. I'll never be able to get back to those levels again. I'll never contribute, much less ascend back to my place in line of lineage of shooters I'll never, you know, and so what had to take place in his process to combat all of that negativity, when you have prowess, you have to be so focused on every intricate, basic detail of the process. You can't get too far ahead of yourself. So I, I heard him speak one time and he, all he talked about was just trying to win the next thing. What's the next thing? If it's, if it's stretching and trying to improve my, my, the degree that my knee can bend, then that's what I'm trying to win. I'm trying to push through that. If it's, hey, I want to be able to make 10 free throws in a row, <clears throat> much less get to a place where I can shoot the three-pointer. But it was like this, this focus of the work. And I know we talk about these guys as they ascend to greatness in terms of achievement and accomplishment, but man, you have to rewind it back down to the lowest common denominator and say, man, all of these people were addicted to the process of what the work. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance that you can't uh, that you can't have prowess if you don't love what you're doing. There's just I just don't see it as it being a possibility that you can be somebody that is willing to put in 12, 14, 16 hour days if you don't just absolutely love it. Yeah. Because if not, how does burnout not set in? And I think you just see it. There's just people that, are, that aren't there for greatness. They're there for what they have at the moment. And then there are people that are dedicated to their craft that is insatiable. And, like, that's mm-hmm. what uh, they have. A prow- people with prowess have an insatiable desire to not, to not just to win, but to push themselves to be better than they've ever been that day. Yeah, and that's a that's a rare gift, and it's a beautiful thing. To, if you're in the presence of somebody that has that, it can it can lift. That's a talk about a rising tide that can raise all boats. That's something that's really powerful yeah. to be around. Yeah, you know, I I know we talk about uh, Mike Tyson individual mm-hmm. sport, um, and because I want to connect to what you just said, which I think is super powerful. Uh, Mike Tyson, obviously, individual sport. I know you wrote about Nadal and Serena Williams mm-hmm. in the book, which you know, obviously, individual uh, contributors as well or sports or whatever. But when I think of the people that demonstrate um, prowess. I think about the contagious effect and impact it has on other people, too. So, you know, when we watched The Last Dance, and I know these are easy examples for us to pull from, but you can't help but not speak about like a Michael Jordan. And you see the contagious effect that his approach to the process had on everybody in the organization. Tom Brady, you take him out of New England, you drop him into Tampa Bay, and you start to see the contagious effect that it had on everybody. LeBron's in Cleveland, Miami, or L.A., it doesn't matter. It has a contagious effect on everybody around him. And so I, I think the people that I admire the most, and not to take any way from, from uh, those individual performers, because, I mean, I'm 
I'm blown yeah. away at the greatness. But I, I, I just love whether it's somebody inside of your organization, like here at, at, at our company, I can tell you two or three names that you don't know, but I can tell you the contagious impact that they have because of the level of mastery and prowess they have in their yeah. role. And, and then you complement that with the, the characteristics, with integrity and, and being about the right things in the heart of people. And now you have this incredible force that is having a multiplication effect of impact across the organization. Those are the people, too. That's why I, I guess when I when I look and I, I think about coaches that demonstrate this because of the effect that it has on so many people just because of what they demonstrate as it relates yeah, to this I, word. The, 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 you know, you're thinking about uh, teams and teammates. I think of Ray Lewis mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Like the level of passion and dedication yes. and infectiousness <clears throat> that he brought to the Ravens defense. I mean, and you didn't have a choice. But you almost, if you were there, you couldn't wait to go yeah. to battle with Ray Lewis. Because yeah. you knew that he was he was the baddest of them all, and he was yeah. going to give everything and everything that he is asking out of you, he's doing himself or more. That's and, right. And you know, I was like, at first, I was looking back over all the great defenses that I've thought of in my lifetime. I thought Mike Singletary was a nice name. Oh, for, for Chicago, the, for the yeah. Bears. Uh, because I thought like, and then. Outside of that piece, like, and when you think of the New York Giants, you thought about Lawrence Taylor, but the yeah. real ringleader was Harry Carson. He was the defensive oh, captain, wow. the middle linebacker. Yeah. So he was the wow. Mike Singletary, right? So wow. he, you know, because Lawrence Taylor had a wild streak in him. He wasn't necessarily uh, the person who had prowess. He had the greatest body and greatest talent, but he was yeah. undisciplined, got himself in plenty of trouble, and but. What kept him in the straight and narrow, especially when, during the Super Bowl years, was Harry Carson. Wow. Right? But Ray Lewis is the probably the both Gosh. put together. Like he was, yeah. of course, he was a middle linebacker, not not the outside like LT was, but every bit as dominant as anybody's ever been. And the infectiousness that he yes. took the field with, got in the huddle with, fourth quarter, four minutes left, and he's still hitting somebody like it's the first hit of the game. Yeah, and the love that he had for it. like there's to me like there's no way that you can have prowess without the passion and the love of the endeavor, and yeah. it has to come out of your pores. Like you have to be yeah. you can wipe it right off your skin and know <laughs> that you're legit. And I, yeah. I just think that it's one of the if there's ever been uh, and if of the hundred words that we've written about. If yeah. there's ever been one that you'd love to have affiliated with your name, prowess would be one of them for sure. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, and, you know, we're talking about those guys. I mean, like like you think about Ray Lewis, he changed the way that people looked at the franchise of the Ravens. And he also changed the way you looked at the city and the community. One guy had that kind of yeah. effect that when you played them in, he created such intimidation in the moment. It was crazy. I was also thinking about prowess this way too. So I, I you know, much has been made of like him and Peyton Manning's relationship. So as you were talking about Ray Lewis and I started thinking about Peyton Manning, thinking about how does he demonstrate prowess? Well, he demonstrates prowess through preparation and intellect mm-hmm. and, and then how that became to have a contagious effect because you know whether he was at Indianapolis or whether he was at Denver once again he excellence was was what it was I mean he changed all of that so you can only imagine 
the wide receiver room or the, the, the offensive lineman room as it relates to them getting really, really good at grasping the offense because back to your point about everybody rises, one guy and his approach and his effect, the impact that it had, so it makes everybody else have to rise. So you stay a little later to watch film or you – you know, study the playbook a little longer because you're not going to let that guy down. I know I see it. He doesn't even have to use words. He demonstrates it every day through his actions more so than anything. So I don't know. I was just thinking about because I love the the relationship that Ray Lewis and Peyton Manning have now is so fun to watch. And I was like, well, Peyton Manning demonstrates prowess a a totally different way. And and Ray Lewis was passion and, and toughness and grit and then you have, you know, Peyton Manning on the other side of just the way he was so prepared, his thoroughness, his knowledge, his wisdom, his communication skills. I mean, and crazy. Like what it takes to run an organization, right? You like what it takes to have prowess as an accountant is not what it takes to have prowess as a salesperson. That's exactly you know? right. There and you go. When you're in the C-suite, the level of prowess that it takes to run the entire organization has a different level than it does to run Mm -hmm. a specific part of an organization. And there's different energies required because when you have to manage 20, that's one thing. When you got to manage 200, it's a very different animal. You know, it's way less personal and it has a different, different level of responsibility when you're leading 200 versus 20. Not that it's any more or less important, but how you have to view your role has to be microscopically understood in a different way. You can't yeah. just, it's not the same. And no. I, I, I talk about it in how I, how I believe, I use golf as the metaphor here, is like what it takes to get to the top is not what it takes to stay at the top. All of the things that you did to build skill, to build, you know, a, a rep- a repertoire of skill sets to be great enough to get to the highest level of whatever is not what it takes to stay there because the things that you had to refine to get to the elite level. Now they're already, you can't re you can't refine them. Now it's little nuancey pieces and how do you stay on a process and shift it away from the how to hit the shot versus how to select the right shot and how to prepare yourself for the next shot. Yes. And it's so, like most people, like there's plenty of stories about people who lost their game trying to rebuild their swing for the 900th time Mm -hmm. because they thought that the way to the top was through their motion. When Once you're there, you already have the skill sets. Now you're trying to find quarter shots and thirds of a shot and and they don't come in bunches anymore now you're just trying to it's a statistical breakdown just much like you Mm. we've talked about many times and how you coach basketball like you're just trying to you have metrics that you're trying to get and it's now splicing hairs at that level and you're putting that level of passion and dedication into the numbers as you did into the mechanics of being great at whatever it is that you were doing but that will only take you to a level You have to level up from there. Like what it takes to lead 20 people is not what it takes to lead 200. And I would imagine it has to be the same could be said for what it took, what it takes to lead the largest company in the world is very different. What it takes to lead a country, you know, I mean, no doubt, not that it, not that everybody likes to talk about this, but I mean, 
I mean, we just had a we just had a president not long ago who was basically the, the ran his own company, and and you know led a hand. Uh, I don't know how many people were involved with Trump's organization, but he went he he had to level up, and he did it. He ran the stinking country differently than he ran his companies, and I just think that that's a great example. And I'd love to study it from a non biased view, right? Because right now he's such an absolute scorching hot button conversation (laughs) but at the end of the day there's something about that story that maybe when he's gone that's probably the most incredible american dream story that there's ever been and to be able to study he did plenty of great and he did obviously plenty of not but who has it you know at the end of the day you're at the top of the flagpole representing your company your country and you're not going to bat a thousand, and yeah. like this, we've talked about this. This is really like one of the where rubber meets the road is that when you do your best and it fails, how quickly can you recover from yeah. that? And and I think that that is a uh, well, that'll be a that'll be a foreshadowing uh, yeah. moment for us. But I just to me that is a very powerful piece to remember as you're trying to ascend to the best version of yourself is just remember that what it took for you to get to where you are today is not going to take it's not going to be what it takes for you to get to the next level yeah yeah that's good i uh i I was wondering as you were speaking has anybody done there has to be i just don't know but like a book done of his business principles and and were those manifested in the way that he ran government. I mean, was, Mm -hmm. did, did he, I wonder if there was a gap that existed amongst what made him super, super successful in terms of his business practice, just basic, I'm talking about basic fundamentals, foundational elements. Did you change or morph or edit or adapt those or bend those or change those? Or did you become something completely different and, and then, you know, it ended up the way that it ended up. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. That's I don't, for maybe for another I day. I, I was thinking about, you know, there's a, a guy who's in the finance world, widely regarded as maybe the greatest ever, Ray Dalio, and Ray Dalio wrote a book called Principles, the principles okay. that he followed. To I think his the name of his company was Bridgewater, and it's okay. one of the largest financial firm in the United States, and. He, he wrote down his principles, and now he's, you know, Tony Robbins really brought him to the surface when Tony wrote his book, uh, Money Masters, and how to take control of your own life. And I had never heard of Dalio, but when he talked about his book, I went and bought it. And it's the, the foundations of finance are the foundation of business, are the foundations of family, are the foundations of everything. And we've talked about this for our show is that what it takes to be great, it just takes what it takes. There aren't many ways to be great. You switch words around. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, what it takes to be great, it's a really short list of things that you have to have control over to be as great as you can be. And I just found that book to be, I mean, it was a beast. It was like 580 pages. Is that right? Yeah, I pulled it, I pulled it up just really quick on my screen, and I'm reading like a short-form summary of it. And it and it looks it's amazing. Phenomenal. It's one of the top ten books I've ever read. I'm, I'm ordering it right now. I'm telling our audience on Amazon. I'm I'm on my phone right now. Answer uh, ordering this it's, book it's, right uh, now. It's phenomenal. <clears throat> probably the wow. probably the best business book I've read. 
Yeah, Bridgewater Associates was yeah. the name. He was co-chairman and co-chief investment officer, uh, largest hedge fund yeah. in the world. And yeah. Tony wow. Robbins in his book talks about how outrageously successful he was, not when everybody was doing great, but when everybody was struggling, how his principles still allowed Bridgewater to make a profit when nobody made profit. Now, obviously, wow. the numbers weren't as high, but the, the sheer right. fact that they were able to make a profit in 01 after 9-11, in 08 after the debacle, and the principles that he followed, uh, was it's, it's remarkable. And I, I guess it would be uh, very similar to like a Warren Buffett type. Once you develop a methodology or a process or a belief set, you know, it's there's such genius involved that even in a down market, they're still able to figure out ways because of these yeah. principles. It's really, it's a, make, get, I, you might need to get two highlighters too. Oh, wow. Look how big yeah. it is. <laughs> because you're going to find in, in the book okay. that he's talking about life. And sometimes he's talking about business and sometimes they're not related and sometimes they are. And a lot of the life decisions that he made during difficult times in his company were grounded in the principles of how he started the company. Not once again, not related to finance, not related to investing, but he, he switched the words around and he shared the stories of how he grew, he called us his family. Like the people that worked at Bridgewater Associates were his family, and he tried to do everything he could to keep wow. everybody on board at all time. And the things That's that incredible. he did there, I mean, it's, it's uh, I can't wait to hear your wow. breakdown of it because it's a phenomenal. Yeah, I can't. I'm, well, thanks for the assist, and I, I receive it, and I'm gonna. I've already ordered it now. And it will the, be here tomorrow. tomorrow. John Stockton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just ran a little pick and roll, and you hit you hit Malone cutting to the basket, and the mailman, uh, mailman delivered. delivered. I love it. <laughs> what's your final What's your final thought on prowess? I, I I think you know we've we've hit on so many different levels to this, but I think just to, back to it. I love the way you said this. The people that demonstrate prowess can take something that seems so complex and make it simple. And if I could simplify it the best way that I could is, is the way I wrote about it is, and it always comes back to this to you and I is, um, if you, if you want to display and understand what it means to have prowess, you have to be focused on the process and the process is something that you do control. What's the next right thing that you can do in your process and who's the next person that you can love that comes into your process and you'll be amazed at just those simple things done time and time again the compounding interest effect similar to atomic habits that begins to take shape in your life as it relates and all of a sudden you look up and you're starting to demonstrate prowess because of your focus on the process oh i would add on to that is that the ones that make the biggest impact deliver that with the greatest energy I love you know, that. With the passion. But I think the passion mm-hmm. is one thing, but the energy brought. Like there's different, there are people that can really internalize passion. Like you don't realize that they're a burning oven because they're so subdued in their mannerisms. And then there are other people that, that deliver the energy yeah. that uplift everybody. To, once again, we talked about it at the very beginning. There's more than one way to exhibit prowess with the Peyton Manning and Ray Lewis comparison. Mm. But at the end of the day... You have to have the passion and the energy to follow through on the process 
at a level that not many people are familiar with if you're planning on elevating many others to where you're wanting to go. And in general, mm, and in generally speaking, there aren't Love many that. things in life that we do by ourselves. Yeah. You know, even in the most individual of individual sports, which we think of as golf or tennis, <clears throat> the team of people that are there to provide support to the player are oftentimes significantly under-celebrated, but they, they bring it just like they deliver their side of the street. It is exactly what the player is needing to get to where they want to go. It's a, pu- it's a bunch of puzzle pieces. And yeah. if the, if the, the feet, the, pieces don't fit correctly it never works and that's the that's yeah. the most important part for me on that love that well you have been listening to the elevated podcast based on our best-selling books where you may find them elevated and excavated on amazon.com please feel free to send us your comments and direct messages on any one of our social media platforms for dramatics i'm virgil herring stay with us next week as we delve into the next chapter